Hello. <laughs> Cheerio. Good day. Hi. There we go. Whoa, Sorry about that. Whoa, I had an asshole call me and wouldn't stop. I'd stop that. <laughs> it wasn't me. Actually, actually, we're doing much better. Thank you guys for finding a way to do this on my phone. I told you that I am computer illiterate, and I had I had left the house to do the interview because my wife, my mom, my kids—they're all. And you wouldn't be able to hear me, you. So as I got two minutes before you guys just called the phone, my wife called. Oh, the Skype's working. <laughs> and I guarantee, dude, I guarantee, I guarantee you that if I go home and say, you know what, let's Skype it, I go home and touch that computer and it's going to start smoking. Yeah, no, it's, it's absolutely fine. Don't worry. We uh, we were sort of like thinking, oh god, we got to work out a way to do this, and yeah, we worked it out. So no, it's all good with us. All good with us. All right, let me turn on my volume here. Make sure I got the earpiece on. Turns out I'm going to be driving up to Garden State Parkway at 100 miles an hour while I talk to you, gentlemen. Ah, fair play. Uh, if you could not crash, because to be honest, I don't oh, want to crash over your way. <laughs> I ain't really got time. No, I won't that. crash. I'm just kind of hoping that you know I don't start getting the cops pulling me over. So you know. Remember OJ with the white Bronco? Well, then you guys have had the scoop of the century. I'm talking about some hate <laughs> you while the cops are chasing me. Jersey State Troopers, undercover narcotics agents, and canines, and SWAT, you know. I could do a retiring, so that would be oh. ideal. Uh, that's gonna, guys, I'm just like, you know, if that's going to happen, then you better keep this rolling because you're going to hear gunshots. I'm not getting I'm not going to jail. <laughs> There's no drugs in prison. Well, there are drugs in prison, but. I don't want to be owing, you know, some you guy in stuff I don't want to owe some big black dude 380 pounds with a 10-foot-long cock, you know. Like, there you can fuck my wife. Give me drugs. No, it's not <laughs> 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 uh, anyway, All right, so... so the basic anyway... My, my, my first question, obviously, to, to you, obviously, I, I know you, you trained at the Monster Factory, um, which yeah, is, uh, yeah, I guess you could say I'm a, you know, I'm a monster factory guy. You got to say that. But, you know, technically I've trained everywhere, you know. Uh, I, me and, me and I grew up I grew up with Chris, you know, before we like before we were even allowed to train at the monster factory. I mean, nowadays you got kids you can join a school, you have a 16-year-old kid join a wrestling school as long as his parents sign a waiver, you know. Uh-huh, not back then, you had to be 18, you know. And even then, and even back then, they didn't just take anybody. Like nowadays, you know, if you got money, they're going to be trained to be a wrestler. You know, it wasn't like that back then. Like if you if you had no athletic ability, if you were mentally deficient, they wouldn't take you. You know, I mean, literally, there are professional wrestlers on the independent East Coast that are mentally handicapped because these school owners will take their money and train them. You know, and I mean, good for them, but it's fucked up. You know? So they come on with their three grand or whatever, and it's like, oh yeah, I wouldn't be a wrestler, and yeah, crack on. Right. I mean, obviously, the you're part of such an alumni, though. To be honest, I mean, obviously, as you mentioned, Chris Candida, obviously, is a massive part of, of all of this. Right. Clearly, he'll, he'll obviously. Right. Well. Obviously. Well, uh, let's start. Why don't you start? Look, start recording, and let's just do this. The more background you give me, the more fucked up we're gonna get. Let's just do this <laughs> from the top, like the way I normally do them. Do it. No, no, okay. no, not not a, not a problem. Absolutely. Obviously, we're we're starting your career off now. You have obviously been here, there, and everywhere. It's great to see you're a well-traveled vet uh, of the business. Yes. Um, yep. you know, let's start right off. Oh, are we recording right now? Wait, wait, oh, yeah. are we recording, we're recording right now? We're live. We're going. Oh, I didn't fucking know that. Oh, apologies. Excuse me, Cheerio. Good <laughs> pet, Go save the queen. All that. 
Is All right, hi guys, hi England. I didn't even know we were fucking recording. I thought I had to wait for her. All right, here we go, recording. Hi, right, this is this. Is, sorry, guys. Okay, okay so, <laughs> honestly, yeah, we just shoot the I, shit. It's fine. You carry on. Let me, let me, let me, let me just finish that <laughs> factory thing. Yes, I am definitely the Monster Factory guy. I will always give credit to Larry Sharp. Uh, Larry, we got to remember, me and Chris grew up. His grandfather, his grandfather and Larry used to work together. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so a lot of Larry's guys worked on Chuck shows and vice versa. As Chuck got out, Larry took over, you know? And then, you know, when Candido decided I'm going to fake my birth certificate and get a license at 17, I decided I wanted to try college. So I concentrated on amateur wrestling football. But when it was time to come back, I didn't just want to show up at the Monster Factory. Hi, remember me from all those years? I got a lot of ring rust. So I'm in for free. I didn't want to do that. So I actually, things lucked out. I heard my sharpened up at school, not 10, 10, 15 minutes from my house. So as I stopped in over there, this is, this is funny. You'll like this. I stopped in over there and I talked to Tom Normsby because Mike was on the road and Tom was his caller, the executioner. And his son was the trainer, a kid who's never wrestled before and had a heart condition so he couldn't get a license, but a good worker. And he's like, yeah, this is my son. I'm like, Tom, you don't remember me, but I'm telling him things. Oh yeah, sure. You were great. Oh, Tom was a bullshitter, right? <laughs> and he's like, well, I'm like, look, Tom, let me get in with your kid. If you don't like what I can do, I'll leave, okay? Everyone gets a free tryout, right? So the kid gets in there, okay, this is how you take a bump. He starts showing me how to take a bump. So I watch him take three bumps. I go, are you done? Yeah, I snatch a headlock on him. And I go, tackle drop down, reverse the hip, toss, arm drag, arm drag, drop kick powder. He goes, wait, what? And he breaks away from me. I go, dude, I just called it. Let's go. And he's like, Dude, wait, you got to talk to me about it. I go, I just did, and I shot him off. And I just, and then Tom, she whoa, holy shit, now I remember you. He goes, dude, I'm sorry. And in that moment, he's like, yeah, come back tomorrow. So I went back tomorrow, saw Mike, uh, got in the ring again. This time I got in the ring with someone who was half decent. And they go, okay, you can be our co-trainer. And I didn't pay anything. But that was for six months just to get the ring rust out, showed up at Larry's, and then broke my wrist promptly. Oh, <laughs> and wrestled my first six months with a cast. Oh, but, awesome. you know, I had already had a couple hundred matches by then. But again, so I became a Monster Factor guy. I always was a Monster Factor guy. I will, Larry, you know, Larry Larry had de- decided after Bam Bam and all whatever happened with him and Bammer, and I love Bammer, I love Larry. I don't, that's nothing to do with me. That Larry would never go on the road again. Ever, ever, ever. Larry went to Puerto Rico with me to manage me. Larry came around with me, you know, something he said he would never do. And can I tell you something else about that? And Larry, he, Larry would confirm this for him. I remember one day he goes, you know, John, I said, and this is when we were, I don't remember, he goes, you know, we're at his house. He goes, I said I'd never fucking go on the road again. I'm on the road again with you. I said I'd quit doing drugs. I spend time with you. Look, I'm doing fucking drugs. I'm like, well, you know what? I'm doing drugs. He's like, I'm not done. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> I swear I'd never do any of this shit again. And look, I'm doing it all. And you know what pisses me off about the whole thing? I go, no. What? He goes, you didn't fucking pay me a goddamn dime. <laughs> and he left. Because he never, he wouldn't charge me anything. He refused. And I was just, Larry, let me give you a few bucks a week. Nope, wouldn't take a dime. But Larry's, you know, a lot of schools give me 10%, give me 15 give me 20%. Whenever Larry got me a shot up at the WWE, when I was on the top squad, I always gave him my 10% because I wouldn't have been there if he didn't hook me up. You no, know? Legend. So, legend. I'm always a Larry Sharp guy. Always will. Love the guy. Absolutely. Obviously, um, I, I I know you did Smoky Mountain. That was one of one of my favorites back way back in nineteen. Uh-huh. Doesn't it seem like an age ago now, nineteen ninety four. I mean, that's like crazy. 
Yeah, 94, 94 I, I joined Smoky Mountain. It was kind of hard for me to do that, too, because in 93, about that, at that time, I was uh, doing a Singaporean gimmick, Fire Breather, so I've got no teeth. Uh, my character was a Buddha Singh, and in 19, I was 94, I think it was 94, uh, the PWI, you know, Bill After Crossing Illustrated used to have the year-end awards, and uh, he contacted me, and he goes, listen, John, you know, that votes, you won Rookie of the Year, he goes, but I got to give it to 911, because 911 was on ECW TV. The reason I didn't win it, I didn't have TV, but that was when, I had done my Abdul the Butcher angle. I had started an angle with him, and I was fighting Butcher for Larry Dennis. And uh, when Atlin, Abby wasn't in, uh, I, I was under strict orders from Abby. Don't do any jobs. You're not allowed to get pinned. You're not allowed to submit. You know, get DQ'd, do a count-out, whatever, but do not, you know. And I'm like, great, you're taking away all my bookings. Three months later, I'm back in Puerto Rico with Larry. Um I got, I got, uh, I had to send tape to Japan because, you know, Abby was working in Japan then. He had, he had a lot of plans for us. And, but the problem was because I, you know, I'm telling these promoters that I used to work for, look, uh, you know, I'm doing this thing with Abby. I can't, you know, take a pinball. They don't want to fucking hear that, <laughs> you know? And I, I, and I felt like an asshole for saying it. I mean, it's a fucking word. Come on, you know? But I'm, I understand what Abby's trying to do, but, you know, I need to work. I, I, I need to learn. I'm not done learning. I mean, it, how hard is it to brawl? You know, I want to learn. I want to get good. Exactly. You know, get I mean, better. at the time I was doing, I mean, I'm already doing moonsaults at that point and I'm trying to figure out how to do the one and a half, you know, which I ended up doing. <laughs> and I wanted it, but not even that. I wanted to learn submissions. I wanted to learn holes that nobody's seen in 30 years. You know, I wanted to find video of if there God was video of like Ed Lewis, you know, I mean, seriously, i you know, I'm, I'm a student of this shit. No, so, it's, it's um, awesome to hear, course, to be honest. It's, right. it's awesome to so, hear. So Candido gets in touch with me because he's my best friend. You know, he's like, yo, man. He, he had come up from Smokey, and he's like, yo, check it out. He's got all these belts, and he was champion at that point, a couple different things. And he's like, dude, we need people down there. You want to come? I'm like, of course I want to fucking come. You go, but I got this thing. He goes, look, you're really, would you rather come down here and work four nights a week, every week, get paid to do it and get paid probably what you're making right now. I'm like, really? I go, dude, because back then, you know, going down to Tennessee, you're thinking Waller and you're not making it. No offense to Jerry, but that was paying your dues. You know? That's well known. That's and, well known. Yeah, well known, you know, and I mean, hey, that's paying your dues. It's not like I never did it, you know, and at the time, though, even though, like, the only reason I was still able to, you know, stick to my guns, like, or stick to Abby's guns about not doing jobs, I had a job in the pizzeria, and, you know, I'm delivering pizzas during the day, I'm cooking at night, I'm cooking at down. I'm basically living at the pizza rate. It's great, you know, but making a lot of money, able to eat whatever I wanted for free, and I'm oh, able to sounds, work out. Sounds amazing. Yeah, you know, so, I mean, and I'm making money, you know, of course. And my boss is a pothead, so we're smoking pot all day, all night. It's great, you know. But, um, you know, I got to take the opportunity. So he goes, yeah, send me a video. So I'm looking around, and not a month before, I'd wrestled Ted Petty in a cage match. Ironically, I had to take Abdullah's place because he couldn't make it for some reason. So it was, who was that for? That was for Bob, was it not Bob Raskin? Because uh, I was already working for Bob Raskin. Oh, my God. Dennis something. Not Dennis Coluso, but oh, Dennis he Coluso, was... Yeah, yeah. No, it wasn't Dennis. I already worked for Dennis. I can't think of this guy's name. I feel really bad. That better not be a cop. 
Just hang on. I'm putting you on speaker. There's a cop to my left in an unmarked charger. I'm calling me and pretending like I'm singing. You fucking pig. Have you seen the little piggies in their short white shirts? And for all the little piggies, life is getting worse. Always having to to play around in. Din, 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 din. I never had Balls okay, Mahoney down as a singer. That's impressive. Uh, Balls Mahoney is a huge Beatles fan. So oh, anyway, wow. oh yeah, grown up, dude. I have right now in, on my CD player right now is uh, the Blue Album. You know, nineteen sixty-seven to wow. nineteen seventy. Yeah. And I had to stop it because on the Walrus was coming on, and I had to crank that and yell. Um, <laughs> too much acid. So anyway. I, so I have the tape and I'm wrestling Ted Petty. Teddy's wrestling the cheetah kid and I do the Buddha Singh thing. And I said it because at the end I missed the leg drop off the top of Ted's cage, you know, for the finish. And Teddy got out of the cage. So I sent that down with uh, Chris and he was leaving two days later. So I gave, you know, we went to my house, take him there, take him to the pizzeria, we eat some pizza. I told Bob, you know, I asked my boss, let me, you know, let me go hang out with my buddy for a couple of days. Yeah, go ahead, whatever, because I never miss work, you know. So I'm hanging out with Chris. I didn't expect to hear nothing for like a month, right? So Chris leaves that Thursday. He gets down to the show for Friday. That Monday, okay, now they had a show Sunday. Monday at noon, I get a call from, from a number I don't even know. And I, I'm like, oh, holy shit, is, it, is, it, is this John? Is this that a Buddhist thing guy? I'm like, yeah. Holy shit, this is Jim Cornette, man. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. No, man, dude, Candido gave me the number. I just got, I watched it six times, man. I kept watching. That is the goddamnedest thing I ever saw in my life. I haven't even gotten the word in yet. All right? And I'm like, okay, what are you talking about? And he's like, God damn it, man. You're wrestling. I you got a good reputation, man. But fuck, you're out there kicking ass, running around, man. You did that thing off the top rope twice off the top rope. Big 350 pound, man. Then your crazy ass goes up to the top rope. No, he's up to the top of the cage. You're just like you're playing in a perfect dog. God damn, how are you walking? I'm like, uh, well, that was good. No, no, it wasn't it. You just had a cake. You were talking to me, up the crowd. I can see her. I think that was your mother, man, pointing at somebody. You pop the guy, you bend, take a chair. I, I got to have you get your ass down here. I'm like, excuse me? He goes, you're fucking hired. When are you coming down? That's how I got hired by Smoky Mountain Rest. I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, he got the tapes. He wrestled Sunday. You know, they had their show Sunday. Jim got home. He threw the tape in at 11. And at noon, he was on the phone with me. Wow. And literally, I'm like, well, uh, I'd love, and this was 94, okay? So I had to, I said, well, what's the thing? Blah, blah, blah. I go, because I'm making this at the pizzeria. He goes, oh, shit, I can pay you that. So he, he basically doubles on making it at the pizzeria. I'm like, holy shit, you know, all right, cool. And he goes, yeah, you got to play your stage for the first couple months. You want to stay there? It's fine. problem. Jimmy and Paulie were a lot alike. They both hate me for saying it, but Cornette and Paul Heyman had a lot in common. Well, so, that, um, to be honest, that was my next big thing. Obviously, hold on, I'm not done yet. Oh no, so, carry on, keep going. Keep real going. quick, real quick, real quick, real quick. So, um, so you know, I do the thing with Jimmy, and you know, I, I actually, and then I got hired not to not not before I made a deal with him. I had picked up summer work uh, bouncing at Reggie's at the time, which was a bar in Belmar, New Jersey, literally across the street from the beach. It was on Ocean Avenue, and I got to work. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, there I stopped the pizzeria. I knew I'm going to Tennessee, so I got the job there because we're able to drink from the time 
I'd go there on a Wednesday night, give the guy 10 bucks. I'm going to go grab a 12 pack from downstairs. Okay. Pull my car up to the freaking basement door and load my car up with 10 cases of beer and put it in my fridge every day. We were the bar back. We drank, but my job was the best because on Saturdays and Sundays, I came into work at 10 in the morning, got a big old, big old cup full of the best bloody Mary mix you could think of loaded up with vodka and rum and extra lime juice. I'd go sit. Um, I was the car checker. I got to check IDs all day long. And you knew who came to drink at our bar all day long, right? Chicks in bikinis, whole groups of them. So on uh, Friday nights, Saturday nights, I had 10, 20, 30 girls coming to hang out with the bouncers every Friday and Saturday. What a job, man. What a job. And our bouncer, our head bouncer, was a drunk every at 10 o'clock, it was when, you know, things start happening. Every bouncer to the back, 10 o'clock, mind erasers, and we do mind erasers. 10.30, everyone to the back, mind erasers. 11, mind eraser time. I mean, this was over the speaker system. <laughs> the bouncers, shut mind erasers. After 1 o'clock, you're on your own. But every 20, 30 minutes, mind eraser. Oh. So I, I, told, I told, you know, Larry, and I told Abby, look, I got to do it, man. You know, this is an opportunity to go to WWE, you know, WWF. So, you know, then I burn Abdullah, and he pins me after dropping 20 meat cleavers on me, or whatever you call it. I uh, go down to Tennessee and become this the retarded Boo Bradley, you know. And I was on TV that whole summer as the, as the TV champ, as the Beat the Champ TV champ, as I was working in Reggie's up here in New Jersey. It was great. Uh, it's, so, and that, I mean, it's just, it's just it's just amazing how you know you you, you trade all that in for Jim Cornette. <laughs> it's, it's, oh, it's, I love Jim. Yeah, he's, he's amazing. He's one of my old favorites. Of course, the thing is that I'm leading all this on to obviously we cannot not talk about those, those three words, the three three letters. Sorry, E E C W. And you've already mentioned poorly. Uh, 1997. Yeah. You, you signed for E C W. Well, ECW, and I've said this in the interview, uh, best time of my life. I mean, literally, it was the greatest time of my life. Of course, at the time, I didn't realize it, you know what I mean? I was yeah, young, yeah. but literally, it was the greatest time of my life. No. And as loyal as you hear me talking about to Larry and Jim, well, Paul, you know, look, the things that I did in that company, I'm not talking in the ring, okay? I'm talking the shit that Anyone else. I was in that company. I started in 96. And I was in that company until it shut with the bankruptcy state. Okay? Yeah. I should have been... I would have been fired at from any job at least 20 or 30 times a year for the shit I was pulling out of the ring. Beating up cops. Beating up people. Getting drunk and starting riots. I mean, just dumb shit. Destroying hotels. And this was on a regular basis. I mean, as Dreamer, I'm Captain Caveman, you know? But I, I, I'll, to this day, any, you know, if I'm anywhere and someone fucks with any of the guys that I spent that time with, any of them, even Axel, if you fuck with them, I'm going to kill you. I mean, I would kill for any one of them. Paulie, if Paulie called me at 10 years from now, I'm a cripple. I'm already a cripple. He calls me. Hey, man, you know, I don't know. I'm there. What do you want? I'm there. I'll do it. Whatever. Well, I didn't talk. Fuck money. I'm there. That quick. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. I, I, I find it amazing because it, it was. It. I, I remember being a viewer, and it was such a, a family cult sort of thing. Everyone felt a part of this movement, and it was as though us as fans were with you 
as wrestlers, if you know what I mean. It was it was one big movement, and how, how it, it lasted as long as it did was, was mind blowing. I I think, but also a testament, I think, to that. It was, you know, it, it, and it wasn't. And you can't say, oh, it was the wrestlers. Oh, it was part, dude. It was just the perfect. It, the only way to describe the way the things that happened was a perfect storm, because the fans. And the, the rest, we had the right wrestlers at the right time with the right people. The only thing we didn't have was a proper money guy. You know, that's the only thing we didn't have. We didn't have proper money behind us. But everything else just came together in the right time. Got to remember, dude, in 98, I figured in 10 to 97 was when we exploded. You know, 97, 98, 99. Here in 2000, that was, that was, that was the years. But at that point, and I don't—I didn't realize this then. I realize it now. As big as wrestling was then, Austin, The Rock, all that. Fine, yeah, they were big mainstream. You went to a metal concert or a rap show or anything like that, and oh, dude, I—I I would go to a lot of a lot of rock concerts. I went to Halloween, Rob Zombie, Concrete got us. Uh, Concrete was our record label, right? They helped us our records. So me and Jack Victory, I brought my friend down. We go to see Rob Zombie Halloween night at the Hammerstein Ballroom, right? We were there for 15 minutes. The show hadn't started when they, when the building themselves announced everybody on the side stage said, hi, ECW's Balls Mahoney. The fuck? How the fuck do I get that? But, you know, that's, that's how big we were at the time, you know, where we were on level as that. You know, Fred Durst, that whole thing with Steve Carino and Biscuit, that was me. Fred Durst wanted me to do that with him. And I didn't want to. I didn't want to turn heel. I shook, you know, but I didn't. No. Holy shit, my phone's going to die. All right, we got to get into this stuff with uh, December. No, no, bro, I was going to say, I, I'm happy to move it over now. Lee, Lee and Tom, they are your... Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, police officer. Hold on. Three... Four, five, six, seven, eight. Leave me alone, Mr. Police. Sorry, right, he ain't coming up. Thank God. <laughs> 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 All right, December to dismember. The pay-per-view that destroyed ECW. What I call it. Sure. I'll um, I'll start off with uh, how that ECW happened, came dude, about. That killed us. That was the worst pay-per-view in history. Well, go just a... A bit before that, I wanted to talk about uh, the original One Night Stand and how you were a part of it. Just before the main event. I really wasn't a part of that, though, because they had me do that little shit run out, which I didn't like. But I guess it was a big deal because, you know, a couple of months or so later, me and Axel got our dark matches and tryouts. And they were going to pay us ridiculous money. They were going to offer uh, me a six-figure deal a year, me and him, and then he fucked it up again. Yes, I, I believe you know? he was part of a running on Raw, but didn't turn up. Is that correct? Yeah, we tried out on Raw at the Meadowlands. Nobody knew we were there. We got some. We got like the biggest pops of the night there, and uh, and Axel fucked up behind the scenes, and that was the end of that. I had to wait a year, and then I signed next year. They sure. signed me as a single, but it cost me a lot of money. A lot of money. Sure. What um, should have been six figures, wasn't? Wow. Okay, um, and then in the build-up to the, the restart of the brand itself... Wait, 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 hold on, hold on, one second, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Sure. <laughs> you know. Home Depot, Edison, Route 1 South. Okay. All right, I'll see if I can find that. I'm trying to, i got to pick up a friend too while I'm driving. Okay, right, so the build-up, the build-up to the restart. Now, at that point, look, I went into this, 
I don't know how anybody else went into this. I didn't go into this thinking, all right, ECW is back. I, I was saying since 2003, Vince should bring us back. He would have his own competition. If it was done right, he could have had his own competition. He didn't do it right. Sure. Sorry, he didn't. That's just that's not my opinion. I think it's a fact, okay? But I don't think he wanted his own competition. At least he for us, he did more with us than he did when he bought WCW. You know, he destroyed them guys. He did. He, I mean, he destroyed them. Even though we didn't do anything for so many years, he brought us back. You know, so he can. I, I like Vince too. You know, I I can't say anything really bad about Vince. I can't complain about it. But the buildup, what I was doing, all right, because I was working, you know, between when ECW shut and when Vince hired me, you know, I'm working a lot of shows in our area up here. Again, remember, the ECW area is my home area, so I'm working for a couple feds here, and I got their belt, so I'm basically, and we're running shows in the Elks Lodge, in the old New York Queens Elks Lodge, you know what I'm saying? That was a madhouse. We're running shows there, and I'm in event news with Sabu and other guys. Dude, they put me in the main event at these buildings, and bringing two other ECW that were selling out, just like ECW did. I mean, it was insane. So I knew no matter what that there was always a chance that we would come back, you know? Finally, I worked Dreamer in 2000, end of 2004, and he's like, you know, we're trying to bring it back. I go, I know, duh. He goes, yeah, but you didn't know. I go, I know, Tommy, you're not giving up, you know, because that was Tommy's baby, you know, me too. Hmm. So, um, you know, when the time came in 05, I mean, honestly, didn't expect anything. When I got the tryouts, great. And then when I knew that, I knew after that, as soon as the tryouts were shot down, I'm like, because at the time I'm doing a little angle with Chris's brother, Johnny, and uh, who was wrestling at the time. And I jumped off the cage with a leg drop through a table, and I broke my back from it. Actually, that was right after I did my last dark match for WWE. Um, I was hurt, but I knew it was coming back. So, uh, you know. I wasn't excited about ECW. What I was excited about, I'm going to get a shot on Raw. You know, I wanted to be, you know, hire me, give me the, and fuck this, send me to Raw or send me to SmackDown. Either one, but I wanted to go to Raw. You know, I knew that as long as I could get my song with the, ver I had two versions done of Big Balls with the rights, um, I, I was ready. I was ready. And they, we, you know, they, brought us in, they signed, I was one of the first guys signed, and uh, they had a choice, who they're going to take from ECW and put and put out there, who's going to be that star, right, between the Sandman and Balls and the Honey, who'd they pick? Wow. And me, it was Sandman, and you know why it was Sandman? Because he was a stooge, he was the one going to Laurinaitis. And telling them, oh, this one's doing that, that one's doing this, blah, blah, blah. I caught, I found out about it. I made up a story one night where I got pulled over, DWI, I hit a cop, I'm going to get fired. Oh, and Quito's like, dude, he's standing right there. What are you talking about? He goes running away. He's writing shit down. Oh. Dude, he kept a little notebook in his pocket. And wow. he's writing it down. I'm not kidding. And he goes running away. I go, Quito, it's not true. I got a seatbelt ticket. He's like, oh, you're setting him up. I go, damn right I am. So that, that. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. So Tuesday TV, right? I'm watching. I eat lunch. I'm reading my book. Blah, 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 Right? John Jenny Balls, how are you? Fine, man. How's it going? High five. Walk box. Didn't say a word. Nothing. Finally, at 4 o'clock, I get summoned to John's office. Balls, we need to talk. Okay? 
dude, aren't you scared? I go, about what? What's, what's wrong, John? He's like, boss, I know. You know what? You hit his hop, DWI. I'm like, oh, you know that. Yeah. I'm like, hmm. I go, can I tell you something, John? He goes, yeah. And I take out the ticket. I go, I got a seatbelt ticket. I know who your stooge is, and I'm going to go take care of it right now. And he goes, no, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> now, he offered me that stooge job when I supposedly took, when I supposedly tested positive for, what was it, 1.2 milligrams of Demerol. Hey, I've never taken Demerol in my life. It doesn't work for me, okay? For me to take enough Demerol, might as well give me five shots of heroin because Demerol don't do dick. It won't even make my dick limp. Man, take Demerol for it for pregnant women. Fucking asshole. Tells me, oh, oh you know, someone maybe told you it was a, a Vicodin. I go, I don't take Vicodin. Oh, well, they told you it was a pregnant. I don't take, you don't even know what I fucking take, John. I take Oxycontin and Oxycodone. I take enough painkiller. You take what I take to one dose, you'll fucking throw up and die from an OD. All right, stop fucking with me. I didn't take anything. I didn't take anything from anybody. So he's like, well, just tell me. I go, you didn't want me to suits? You know what, dude? You'd know who it was if that really happens. I'd walk out of this room and hit him with a fucking bat. He goes, no, no, don't do that. I go, John, I guess I'm suspended. And I got up and left. Sure. So Sandman got the ball job. And three months later, Sandman was fired. Yeah. Um, another thing I wanted to question, um, the original ECW original stable that led mm -hmm. into WrestleMania 23 was started yeah. with you versus Amaga on Raw. Um, but for mm -hmm. some reason, you were phased out of that of that storyline. Yeah. What did I just tell you? Sorry. <laughs> Don wanted me to be a stooge. Right. He set up me with a false positive drug test. Told me to tell him, he asked me, who's doing what in the locker room? You tell me these things, I can be your friend. You can get a big push. Make more money. I told him no. My sure. angle, my push, everything ended. I was being pushed then. It all ended yeah. because I refused to stooge. Okay, That's sorry, not me. I didn't the link. No, uh, no, no, you don't have to apologize. You didn't <laughs> understand. There it is. Clarify. I'll say it again. John Laurinaitis wanted me to stooge. I said no. So rather than, oh, okay, no problem. I got suspended. Okay? And then when he suspended me, Vince didn't know about it. Okay? I got the garden in two weeks. When he found out I wasn't working the garden, they amended the suspension policy so I could work the garden. Because that's how over I was at the time. Even right before I got let go was when I did the Vince has no balls in the garden. It was there. And you know what? It was supposed to be on Saturday night's fan in bed, and they wouldn't air it because Austin was right after me, and Austin got half the pop he would have because I had 22000 in the garden at the top of the lawn going, Vince has no balls. Clap, 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 clap. <laughs> sure. Um, and also one of your last... I am not a stooge. I am not... No. Even my worst enemy, even Sandman. I don't want to... I love Hack. I hate the Sandman, okay? You could ask, even now, if I'm working for one of them, okay? Working, and they asked me, dude, and I knew that, all right, Sandman was doing coke the night before. Let's just say, okay? When really, hey, I knew Balls was doing coke the night before. If you stated that and you said, no, that's not true, then you're an idiot, okay? Because most likely, if you heard it, I did it, all right? But if someone came to me, I knew he did it. Any one of them fucking office people, even Vince, I just said, dude, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, you tested positive. Yeah, so I tested positive. It doesn't have nothing to do with them. I would never, because I was brought up old school. I was brought up, when you're on the road, 
That's your family. That's who you have. You have the wrestlers. You ain't got promoters. Promoters aren't looking out for you. The town I'm in right now, I wrestle for a company here in Jersey called Pro Wrestling Syndicate, PWS. Their big shows occur um, at a building called the Rawway Recreation Center, which is right next to the Rawway Police Department. And right now, the Rawway Police Department is right on the right side of me. I'm literally at the intersection. I'm looking at police cars. After what just happened to me, I realized, oh, I don't have police cars. But um, I'm waiting for the light turn, and as soon as I'm out of Rawway, I'll put the phone back to my ear. But until then, all right, there's Rawway City Hall, Rawway Police Department, Rec Center. Oh, and you know what else the Rec Center is? The Rec Center is also the training center for Pro Wrestling Syndicate. I should stop in right now and train. Not. Tell them no, I can hardly loop my hat. There they are. They got the ring up. Okay. Hold on, guys. I'm almost out of here. The cops, there's a car behind me. Behind the car is the cop turning into the police station. I go, come on. I'm one. I got to get to the right. I got to make a right. I got to get to the right. I got to make a right. All right. So we were talking about December to December, right? We were getting yeah. to that point. I was yeah. talking about um, before before the piggy decided he was going to interrupt me. Um, <laughs> we were talking about how come I didn't go to Raw, blah, 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 blah. I was... I was asked to make it. I'm not making it sound like it was all bad. Because it really wasn't. It really wasn't. I had a blast in WWE. I really did. And if, and if you don't think I had fun or you don't think I got along so well, I mean, I may, it may come off where I really hate John Laurinaitis. Listen, I did it. I don't hate the guy, okay? You can't hate the man because in WWF, WWE, that's the game. It's a game. It really is. That's why I love Hunter's gimmick. The game. Time to play the game. He played the game and won it. He married the boss's daughter. He's in charge. <laughs> That's the game up there. The game. It doesn't matter how fucking good you are in the ring. It matters if you can play that game to get that push. You know? I think John Cena earned it with his body and his attitude and his work ethic. He even, you know, he's not going to pull a rock and be wrestling for acting. He's not going to do it. He loves wrestling. I got to respect him for that. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah. That's the game. And I got along with John. I really did. And I'll be honest with you. I, I kind of like John Laurinaitis. I, I like the guy. Uh, we could drink together. And he liked having me around. And it shocked him. What really shocked these guys about me is, you know, they believed my rep. You know, they didn't want to believe the stories or the reputation was real. You know? And then when they met me, it became even more shocking. Because, yeah, I didn't deny I'm like, guys, whatever you've heard. Re- it's probably true, but whatever you've heard is probably not the whole truth. It's probably worse. And they're like, how can you say that? I go, because I did it. If you heard a story about me doing blow during a match, I did that for two years, and I did it. I used to snort coke against Rob Van Dam while I was working. All that matches, did it. So what? Okay? I did that shit. Partying for four days straight and project bowel vomiting before I'd go to the ring and go to the ring and have a good match. I did it. You know, I, I did that shit, you know, I working in Japan, I was great, I, doing the wacky shit I did, I did it, was I a philanderer, yeah, I was terrible, I didn't keep my job, I never screwed any of the girls that worked with ECW, but, yeah, and it cost me a condo, my money, a house, a good relationship, I ruined, I ruined my ex, well, I didn't ruin her life, but at the time she thought I did, but, uh, you know, and yeah, I did it, and, you know, and, I, what am I going to do tonight? But the problem is, 
So they hear the Captain Caveman. You know, I don't know if you ever heard Dreamer say, Ball's Captain Caveman. He's been calling me Captain Caveman since 96. He's wavy, man. It was even more funny. He don't even tell you. You know, Ball's walk around barefoot, wearing the same shorts three days in a row, you know, unshaven, and go out and have a kick-ass match somehow, inebriated and drugged and fucked up. He couldn't tell you what he did, what he ate two hours ago, but he could go out and have a one-hour match with anybody, and then you see him leave the show with some hot model-looking, stripper-looking fucking blonde or Puerto Rican girl or Japanese girl or two of them, and you're wondering how the fuck he did it, because he's Captain Caveman and Cavey Wavy got girls. <laughs> the truth! I mean, well, I mean but, on that, um, during uh, during most of, uh, most of your match, during ECW, Joey well, Styles kept bringing up that um, you you punched out a referee during your amateur days, yes. and you were banned from yes. all commentary. Yes. That, is... that, now, just the way that they talk, I'll tell, I'll give it to you real quick. That is true sure. to an extent. Okay, I was. Right. It wasn't a high school wrestling match. It was after college. I was given freestyle one last shot. I was a very good freestyle wrestler. That's uh, the Olympics. You know, Olympic gold medal. You have freestyle. You have Greco Roman. I was a freestyle guy. I'm wrestling a tournament. Um, in that tournament is Bruce Baumgartner. I've never wrestled him. Bruce Baumgartner, arguably the most successful American Olympic wrestler in history. Two golds, a bronze, and a silver. And he's a heavyweight. All right. Idol. Could I beat him? Never. Could I beat guys that give him good matches? Yes, I did quite all those. I was a very good freestyle wrestler. Uh, the wrestler that I was, that I hurt, snapped his back. It's a move called the reverse headlock. Um, it's very painful, and it's one of the few moves in freestyle that you can turn the guy, get your two points, and you don't have to release it and go to something else. It's like a leg lace when you get the ankles, and you can flip them two, four, six, or front of the headlock, two, four, six. Reverse headlock does that. But if the guy tries to fight it, you can snap him. Well, I was trying not to use the move, and the guy had butted me and opened a cut up in my eye, which we glued. As I said, I was good, and I was going to wrestle a bomb gardener. So he starts on bottom, I go for a cross face, and he elbowed me in the nads. So when I locked in the, so when I kept the cross face and locked the headlock in, instead of doing the circle, which brings his weight onto his back, but across so he can sit through, I got up on my heels, stood straight up. Basically, my hips are up, his hips are on the mat, you know what I mean? I got his head yeah. in his near arm. Basically, I put my feet as close as I could to my ass, put my hips straight up in the air, and stood up and backwards. And I had the guy locked up, had an arm. And he went backwards until his back went crack! Oh. Paralyzed from the waist down. Now, I did not mean to, I did not intentionally do that. I, there's no way. I just reacted. Boom! You know, like, if I tried to do that, it would never work. I seen another kid, in fact, the day I learned the reverse, I locked the guy who taught it to me, Nick Messina, did the same exact thing to a kid he was wrestling. But he was trying to hurt him, but not trying to do what I did. You know, he, he this kid pissed him off, and he pissed us all off, which is unusual when you're at a tournament. You got ten heavyweights, and they all hate one kid. So when it happened, none of us gave a shit, and Nicky didn't either. But I was like, I need to learn that. He's like, that's yeah, a good move. I go, no, I need to learn that. So if you ever wrestle me, I can get the fuck out of it. You know, and uh, it became my bread and butter. But when I did it, the first thing I thought when I heard the snap. It was almost like how Lawrence Taylor reacted when he broke the eyes of the leg. I cried. I was upset. 
I, I was. I was completely devastated. I didn't mean to end the strike, you know. I didn't end the match. You know, hurt him, but not hurt him, you know. Hmm. Hurt him, but not injure him. Not only did I injure yeah. the guy, but I put him in a wheelchair for 10 years, you know. Well, no matter what, the move is a legal move, okay? So, in any other match situation, the match would have been ended, and I would have won by injury default because it was a legal maneuver. But the referee, and I had that reputation, fuck with me on the mat, don't hurt me, don't try to hurt me, I will fuck you up. I've broken jaws, I, I broke collarbones, shoulders. My favorite thing was cross-facing jaws out. I dislocate jaws, break jaws constantly. Okay? I was an animal when it came to that. So this guy knew that, and when I hit that, he knew. So no matter, he thought I was acting. Now, here's the other problem I had. No matter what, back then, before Brock Lesnar and Kurt Angle, they knew I was wrestling professionally, and they hated me. My coaches liked me. The wrestlers liked me. USA Wrestling hated me. I had beaten the number one uh, United States freestyle heavyweight, Tom Erickson, four times. I had beaten the other guy twice. I was ranked 15th out of 20 even though I'm the only one who beat those guys except for Bruce Baumgartner. Why? Because they hated me. I wasn't sponsored by anybody. I was sponsored by my Italian friends at the pizzeria, literally. I was sponsored by the mob. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, literally I worked. They sent me. I got to train and I wrestled, you know. The, my freestyle trainers were, you know, guys that never made it too far because they were potheads. I mean, I was a full fuck-up, but I was a good fuck-up, you know. But... So I was upset they got the guy on the mat. Now, look, this was the first match of the night. I'm supposed to have, as it worked out the way it should have. And this is how well that they want. You know, Baumgartner really didn't wrestle in these tournaments. He wrestled because next year is the Olympic, you know, the Olympic qualifying year. So it's time to, you know, stop coaching and get on the mat. If it worked out, the finals would have been me versus Bruce Baumgartner. Dude, no way I was going to win. And I know I wouldn't have won. You know why? Because I knew that I ain't going to win. I just wanted to get on the mat with the guy. You remember, I had a booking. I had my first professional wrestling license booking for two months after that. Okay? I finally got my pro wrestling license. That's when this occurred. Okay? The referee, I'm like, I'm so sorry. And he goes, this man is disqualified from the tournament. I go, what? You can't do that. For what? You intentionally hurt him. I'm like, no, I did not. And I didn't mean to do that to him. So he's arguing with me, and I'm like, look, I didn't. And now my coach comes out, and my coach wasn't a, wasn't a fuck up. My coach was a well respected amateur wrestler, a well respected amateur coach. That was the thing. I may have had the fuck ups behind me, but I did not have fuck ups coaching. Like I had people to believe in me, and I don't feel I let them down because they knew where I was going. They knew no matter what. I wasn't going to go to the Olympics. I was just going to try to wrestle Baumgartner, get it on tape, but I didn't get pinned by him. Pro wrestling. You know what I'm saying? I was going to use it and use it right. You get it? Just watch. Yeah. Just watch. When he did that, something in me snapped because to this day, I coach recreation wrestling. I help. I believe in wrestling. I think wrestling is the single greatest sport in the world for young men and young women. I think women should wrestle. Uh, it's the best sport. It teaches you more about life 
than anything. Individuality, how to succeed on your own, self-discipline, dietary things. It teaches you a lot about yourself and life, not sport, okay? It really is. Like how scouting is. A real scout, a successful boy scout, as long as they don't snap, can have a very successful life. I think wrestling is the same thing with more discipline. So, when the referee, I'm, I snap. I'm like, you can't do this. I start crying. He's poked me in the chest. He goes, don't you do I don't, don't touch me. And he goes, oh, what are you going to do? And he pushed my, he just kind of gave me a little shove, and I hauled back and broke his jaw. <laughs> <laughs> they took my card. I got, obviously, cops were called. They were going to file assault charges on me, this and that. And the guy, my coach comes, he goes, look, uh, Jerry wants to take you aside. I'm not using his real name, but at the time, he was the head of USA Wrestling. He takes me aside. He goes, I can send you to jail forever. And he could, you know, legitimately. Now there's an argument. Now that I decked the referee, there's an argument that I intentionally hurt this man. They can hit me with attempted murder. Not that mm. it would stick, but now I got to fight that. You know what I mean? You think the mob's going to help me fight that? You think my friends are going to help me fight that? You think my family has money? Why do you mm. think I have the mob fucking behind me? I'm not rich. I'm a single mother. I'm a product of a divorce. You know, fuck. How the fuck am I going to afford that? I had a choice. Now, this had never come out before. I had a choice. I could fight these charges and try to continue to wrestle, or I could voluntarily have my car torn up and accept the lifetime ban from competition and not allowed to coach high school for college. You know, not allowed to get paid, not allowed to make money from amateur wrestling. And there was no question in my mind what I was going to do. I, you know, I, I feel to this day, I'm still sad about that. Cause as I said, wrestling is my, the favorite, my favorite sport. Besides for football, it's wrestling and wrestling is not number two, you know? So that happened. And we use that as a gimmick. It's the truth. It happened. There's not much about me that you've heard that isn't true. <laughs> That's the sad part. You know? Yeah. So yeah, that happened. Anyway, yeah, uh, December to December. Yes. You guys see that match? You know how good that match could have been with me and Stripe? You really, dude, they, every match I didn't in WWE, man, every single match that I did could have been better. And I've never, you know, this is the other thing. This is what I didn't like about up there. Dude, in ECW, in the real ECW, all right, we didn't have rules like, all right, this match is after you. You better not do this, 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 or this, you know. You better make sure that, you know, those guys can follow you. Don't steal their heat. Right? That's WWE fucking sure. mantra. In ECW, our, our thing was, if you can't follow me, then you shouldn't have that spot. I'm not toning it down, and that's how it was. I'm not over, under and over-exaggerating a thing. Okay, you couldn't follow me. You didn't deserve to be there. You know, and as I said, Paulie, you're fucked up out there. As long as you can be as fucked up as you want. You could be high on acid, coke, or PCP. You could be like Dooley Cox where he's running down the street. I'm Zeus. As long as you perform and don't hurt anybody, you got your job. All right? That was the difference, all right? Every match I had in WWE could have been different. When I knew that they weren't going to send me to Raw, when I knew that my first push was over, I stopped caring. I, I did. I, 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 you know, it was then that I stopped watching wrestling altogether on TV. It took the passion for pro wrestling completely away from me. Since that time, 
I have not watched TNA wrestling. I, I've, unless I'm on the show and I'm watching like indie wrestling, I don't watch it. I can't. It makes me sick. The match with Matt Stryker and uh, me and him could have had not even oh well Extreme Rules no the match that we could have had even with the bullshit rules that they gave us which we didn't know about until that day we didn't know until we were getting ready to go over our match you can't use a fist you can't use the top rope you can't brawl and I'm like what the fuck said that because well it's Stryker's rules match and Matt's like why the fuck would I sabotage my match. You know, and he's like, he takes me aside. He's like, Paul's, what the fuck? I'm like, I don't know what to do, dude. If I touch the chair on DQ, he goes, you know what? We can't use the top rope, right? Nope. He goes, how about we do that super nutcracker? I'm like, oh, yeah. Give him something, right? Hmm. Give him something. So we go out, and I got John. I'm like, John, I'd love to do this as a finish. Now, Arn Anderson was my age. This is when the heat with me and Arn started. Okay. We show them what it is. And John's like, hell, you can do that? Because I showed him. I'm like, look, you know, I stand up here with him. I go, I'm not going to do it now. You don't want one of us to get hurt. I go, but I've never hurt anybody. I thought, he goes, that's the thing I seen you do with Van Damme and the old taste. I'm like, yeah. See, Warren Ellis knew what I could do. That's the thing. You know, as picky as he could be, he still was a wrestler and loved wrestling. He knew what I could do, you know? And at that point, he was fighting for me. He goes, I'd do it. And Thorne goes, yeah, but John, the whole rules are you can't use the top rope. You go, he's not using the top rope, Arn. He's standing on the second rope. Well, he's sitting on the top rope. And he's like, Arn, come on. Arn, somehow, through a, they went aside. John, oh, come back, don't worry, she'll do it. Dude, John comes back, and I could tell by the look on his face. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Arn went to Vince, told him that it would overshadow every finish. This is what he told me. He didn't tell him that. It would help the match or help the show. What he said is it would kill the entire show oh. because nobody else would be able to fucking top that finish. So then I'm like, well, I'll just do a regular one. If you watch that match, I don't use the Mishinoku. I don't even think that was a finish. I think I used the set-up spinebuster that night. Yeah. And if it, yeah. is that what I did? It was the set-up spinebuster yeah. for the one, two, three? What I call the ball breaker? Do you know why I use that? They made it. I couldn't use. They didn't say it, but but it, and Arn said it to me uh, two hours before the, the show started. He goes, "You use that finish, you're gonna get cute." I'm like, <sighs> "You're telling me I can't even use my finishing move?" Nope. And walked away with a big old smirk on his face. Arn Anderson hated ECW because as much as I love it and Tommy and we live in ECW. That was how Arn was with NWA, WCW. And let me tell you, man, as a wrestler, Arn's in my top five all time, period. Okay? And uh, whether we get along good or not, and the thing is, I like Arn Anderson, but I hate him. I like the person. I like the guy. When he gets drunk or when he has power, he's a dick. And he did not think anything of He was... Where Lawler, extremely crappy wrestling. Arn Anderson believes extremely crappy wrestling. Lawler did. You know, Lawler worked for us. You know, he worked with us. Dude, he fell. And how could you blame the guy? You know, WCW gets bought out, right? Then springs it in. They, they pick a huge deal taking over on Raw and Nitro, right? And what happens? They shut it. Hmm. They give the guys one pay-per-view and shut it. 
They hired some of the guys. They gave them a week or two on TV and fired them. The only one they took was Booker, you know? Think about it. ECW goes bankrupt. 2001, right? 2005, One Night Stand. Took four years, but they did a pay-per-view. That was the... Now, they didn't make as... Obviously, that pay-per-view didn't make as much money as the main four, but do you know that price-wise, it was the most profitable show of the year for WWE in 2005 and in 2006? In fact, the 2006 profit margin was more profitable than WrestleMania that year. Wow. All right? That should just... Right there. All right? Arn Anderson watched his entire career. And it wasn't just, it was his career. And this, this is why, I mean, I don't like Arn because of what happened, but I can't say I hate Arn Anderson because I know if it was me, Arn Anderson was what? The TV championship was Arn Anderson. Think about that. Hmm. The entire four horsemen, Arn didn't win a world title, if you think about it. He didn't. But why didn't he win a world title? Because he was a world TV title holder. Pretty much for almost 10 years off and on. Which meant he was the main event on TV every week. They took his accomplishment and erased it. And here, they give these fucking bingo hall non-talented hacks a job. A little push, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, that, I mean, how can I blame Arn Anderson? I can't. You know? Bret Hart. Love Bret Hart. Bret Hart's number one on my list. Number two is Harley Race, and that switches here and there. Oh, you know what I found out the other day, and this makes me so proud? Really, this makes me more proud than, than anything you can think of, all right? For years, I always was obsessed. How come there's no celebrities to share my birthday? You know? Cause you guys think about that when you're growing up. No, literally, you know? Gotta remember, like, when I'm talking celebrities, my mom used to have a babysitter when she was in uh, elementary school. His name was uh, John Nicholson. You may know him better as uh, Jack Nicholson, right? <laughs> he went to Manasquan High School. He, my high school, my, my auditorium where I acted in plays at the Jack Nicholson Memorial Auditorium. Between Jack and myself, we're the two most famous students to ever come out of Manasquan High School. And we have that in common. I met the guy. He's great babysat my mother you know what i'm saying so mm. when i say you know i was always obsessed how come there's no cool celebrities on my birthday i remember some woman told me once a psychic my wife had the psychic read me one day for ten dollars a woman gave me like a 500 dollars reading she just wouldn't stop i'm like wait i got no more money she goes, it's not about money i can't stop I'm like all right whatever but she told me some wacky shit she even told me that my ex-girlfriend my love of my life would be dead within a year and six months later, she died. She died from Yeah, like this woman was odd. But she told me it won't be till later in life that you find that one of your idols, one of your far idols, is share some important thing with you. This past Saturday at the show I was doing, <laughs> I picked up Harley Race's biography, his birthday, April 11th. Same day as mine. You know, that's just, and I've met Harley a number of times. Now that I know that, I'm still doing the interview. I had to come (laughs) home, though. All right, so (laughs) come on out, my dogs. I'm going to stay outside with you guys for a little more. We can finish this up, but we're going to have to wrap it up soon there. Because I got my son's got school tomorrow. So that's 
That was December to December. And put it this way, that match disgusted me so much, I did not watch any more of the pay-per-view. When I, my match was over, I took a shower, got cleaned up. I went out to the car where I had a... Because I was planning on having a good time that night. So I went out and bought a bottle of rum. Now, Puerto Rico, everywhere else, when I drank rum, I would work out in rum. Yes, I, for years, did not wrestle sober, ever. I always had some drinks. Um, <laughs> and rum is what I would drink. I, as soon as my match was over, I went in the car, I got a couple bottles of Coke, and what, Chris? I'm still on the interview. Give me two minutes, okay? I'm literally, right, guys? Like, my son's been waiting for me this whole time. Oh. Okay. Um, there's two minutes, boy. All right? What? Okay, you come out here. So um, I started drinking, and I did not watch any of the pay-per-view, and they had me scheduled for a run-out, I think, on the main event, but they couldn't find me after my match. Nobody thought to look outside. Because usually I'd be outside smoking a cigarette. Reading. No, I was locked in the car getting drunk because I was pissed and miserable. Sure. Um, do you think the whole event was set up to fail? Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm fir- I firmly believe that, yeah. Yeah, because we had, up until then, there was still hope for us, you know? They, mm. they booked us in town. you got to remember, when they first started running house shows, um, up until that point, when they started booking shows for us, right, it was that summer that they were booking house shows for us. You know where they booked us? First off, you think they'd book us in the, in the area where we were big to start off. I mean, yeah. not. A, I mean, I could understand them. All right, well, we don't want to destroy that area, right? Philly, New York, Jersey. You know, if we did Maryland, Delaware, Philly, or Maryland, Delaware, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Connecticut, okay, then North Carolina, South Carolina, just the East Coast. From Florida back up to Massachusetts. If they did that, okay, for the first six months and kept us there, and they're in big buildings, in little four, 5,000-seat arenas, we would have come back. They booked us in colleges, college gyms, in the summer. In the summer. They're booking me in a college, college town, in the summer. That's just crazy. Does that make any sense to you? No. No. You want to draw people. You want to draw that, that you know, 17 to 30-year-old crowd, right? Mm. So it's from the college where they go when they're not there. When they ran up by us, right, they finally are going to run in this area, okay? They're going to run Philly. They're going to run New York, they're going to run New Jersey. In fact, they're going to run Tom's River, which is my hometown. They wouldn't run Convention Hall because Convention Hall wasn't big enough because you can only put 4,000 in there. They run the Rococo Center over in Tom's River, which can hold 65, right? You know what happens right before the Rococo Center? And I mean a week, two weeks before the Rococo Center, you know what happens? I get called in for a meeting, and I test positive for the 1.2 micrograms of Demerol. <sighs> right before we're going local shows where I've been wrestling independently, where I've been selling out 2000 buildings with just me on it. Mm. Then I get suspended. They literally had the nerve to say, well, balls. Now not ECW. Dreamer asked me to do it. I would, I would have shown up balls. You know, you really should be there. This guy suspended me. I go, excuse me. 
well, you know, even though you can't wrestle if you're there, you know, at least they'll see that you're there and you care. I go, but I don't care. I go, what do I care now for? I go, you took the care away. You don't care about ECW. Why the fuck should I? Seriously. You know? They had people, I had wrestlers, and you know what the irony was? You know where I ended up going that night? I did go to Tom Durant. I was actually 10 minutes from that building at my friend's house. Problem was, by 8 o'clock, I had two bottles of fucking, I had a bottle, I had a 750 of vodka and a 750 of rum in me by that point. In fact, that was the night that me and my wife had broken up for six, for five to six months that night. Because of that, I just lost it. Broke up. We were having problems, but not like that. I just lost it. I basically wanted my life then. Dude, I felt like I let so many people down. I had my, my friend, who was my student, kept, took my phone. And he had taken me a lot of shows, too. you got to remember. I had just gotten my license. I was just getting my license back. So he was driving me a lot of the local shows. He was also a student of mine. He had a couple of dark matches. They loved this look. He just wanted to improve on his cardio. He would have got hired. They were going to tag him with me. But mm-hmm. by this point, he saw what I was going through. So he took my phone, and he had to talk to Tommy. And Dan Dan Shabu were calling me. Dude, people were like, why aren't you here, man? And they felt like I let them down. Well, I felt let down. And... I wouldn't go. And then the next week, we're in the garden, right? But I got to work the garden. In fact, after the following week, I didn't work that week, but the next week, we all got to amend the policy where if you're on an angle and you're deemed an important part of the story, that you have to show up for TV and wrestle. But it's coming out of your pocket. So I called them up, and I go, that's good. I'm still not coming. They, what do you mean? I go, dude, you're not paying me. I'm going to wrestle for free. I go, so I'm going to wrestle for free. You want me to put out hotel money and rental car money? No. Fuck no. Well, but, well, you want me to do the garden the one night? And now, mind you, it wasn't just TVs. It was the house shows they wanted me to do, too. They remanded the policy again. Within three days, they switched the policy, the suspension policy, three times, from what it was to the second one to this. Anybody who's suspended, who's deemed a big part of the story, blah, 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 will have a rental car and a hotel provided for them and will be paid $200 a night to cover food expense, cost of living, blah, blah, blah. So my first Madison Square Garden match, and from A. Dupree, which I thought was a hell of a match, which was, I mean, if you live where I live, dude, you know, that's it. You want to work the garden. You grew up being a pro wrestler yeah. around here. You were a WWE fan. You know, you were a WWF fan. So was I. I mean, I was Lee Candido, though. You know, we got all the wrestling on cable, WCW, NWA, Mid-South. I mean, I got 15 hours a week, and only four was WWF. Florida Championship, my favorite. Kevin Sullivan, Dusty Rhodes, the hell angle, Kevin Sullivan, the chairman of the board, Nabuda Dean came to me. Loved it. Now, you know, I'm all fucked up. But, um, you know, that, that killed me. It killed, I, but you know what? I'm going to work the fucking guard. I can say I have to work the garden. I, how many people would kill to say that? You know, not only did I get to work the garden, I caused havoc in the garden. I caused havoc. I received havoc. I I got to do the garden in the ring with Vince McMahon with the crowd for 10 minutes, and they wouldn't let me leave. In fact, the referee said, hey, Vince is saying, hey, I could see him, like, talking into his earpiece. And he pressed an earpiece, and Vince goes, boss, maybe you should come back down here to come back down and start doing something. Austin's coming out next. Because for 10 minutes, that crowd's chanting, Bitch has the balls. Clap, 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 clap. Yeah. For 10 minutes. For Saturday night's main event, it was a 45-minute delay, a time delay, so it would go out. 
the reason it never aired, what you see is Maria and then like nothing and then Austin come out. The reason the crowd pop was so bad is because I was out before that and they did that. And they edited me out because the brass said, look, you want your biggest star to come out and give no reaction? You want this guy to do that? And you know who was the one that was like, no, we can't do that to Austin, John Laurinaitis. Vince was like, dude, we can't make this up. Come on. Right? I called everybody. You got to see it. I'm like, you weren't on. What do you mean I wasn't on? Next day, I show up. At, I show up. At, I usually was there at like 11 or 12. I show up at 2, which is absolute. Actually, you're supposed to be there at 1, but I showed up an hour late. And Vince is waiting for Vince. And he goes, look, balls, I'm sorry. I'm like, dude, it doesn't matter. He goes, yeah, it does. I go, yeah, right, it does. We'll reshoot it. I go, yeah, where are we going to reshoot it? In Alabama, where they don't fucking care about me? In Texas? <laughs> Utah, and you know where we refilmed it? Alabama. Alabama. Didn't fucking care. It wasn't even live. It was a vignette tape. It was terrible. So, yeah. Yeah, we were set up to fail. 100%. Fair but, fight. you know what? For two, you know what, though? I gotta say this. I'm gonna end it off on this. I really do have to start being a dad again. And sure. husband. Um, you know, they signed when ECW first started back. Okay? They signed the whole crew. Uh, one night said that one night stand oh six, pretty much ninety percent of that 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 card was signed to full time contracts. Okay. Now, Dreamer had already been working there, Guido had already been working there, right? They were already employed. If you would go online, you can ask back then, who is going to last the longest? Who is not going to last? The top two names or Balls, or Sandman will not last. Odds are Sandman would be out in a month, I'd be out in five. Either drug suspension or hitting somebody. Do you know that out of every single new sign, and I didn't sign when everyone else did. Everyone else signed, uh, what was it, four to five weeks before the pay-per-view, their contract. I was signed four months before the pay-per-view. That's how much they knew like, they could trust me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I knew that I had the chance. That's why I was excited. They told me, don't say anything. Okay, I didn't say anything. I was supposed to work the dark match against Chavo Guerrero on January 3rd of 2006. And they took me aside. Look, we're going to sign you to a contract. I'm like, yeah, I heard this before last year with six figures. They go, we're starting ECW again. If you go out there tonight, that's all they're going to shout all night. We don't need that right now. We're going to go. I'm like, okay, I believe when I have the contract. Two hours later, they hand me a contract. You'll bring it home to your lawyer. I read it down twice. I go, I signed the last one without it. I go, I don't <laughs> like the fact that I'm signing for a third. I signed for a third of what they offered me the year before. That's what actually cost me over 100000 a year. Wow. Um, what was I supposed to do? Honestly, what are you supposed to do? Say no? And I was like, you know, it should, he goes, well, you're a single, blah, blah, because they were going to put the belts on us within a year, both belts. That's how high they were on me and Axel. And that's how fucked up it was that he fucked up. I still love him. Anyway, out of everybody, out of everybody, within six months, out of, let's say, the, let's say 20 guys that were signed, right, within six months, sure. there was five left. Within a year, there was one, and that was me. I lasted, I had a three-year deal, and when they released me, my contract was due to be up three months after my release date. So I actually lasted, outlasted. Everybody. Honestly, thank you very much for your time. Oh, awesome. It's guys, been great. You don't have listen, you don't have to thank me. I want listen, that's the other thing. 
this is not the time for you guys to thank you so much, Paul. You don't need to get on my dick. It's my job to do that to you. Dude, without guys like you, without the fans, and without guys like you remembering me and giving me these opportunities, the people will forget me. You know, I'm dealing with injuries. I'm not really working so much, but, you know, Pro Wrestling Syndicate here in Jersey is an awesome fed. They're taking care of me, and I'm taking care of them. And if, any, if anything we talked about all night tonight, you should know this. You can fire me. You can F with me. You can kill me. You can do whatever you want, but don't ever count me out. You think I'm done and I'm not coming back? And I'll be back. Keep telling yourself you'd get rid of me. Um, I'm like that. I'm like that dirty scumbag brother-in-law friend that you hate. You just hope he dies. He's never going to be around again. Yay, he's in jail. He took 20 years, three days later, on your door. Knock, knock, knock. It was a technicality. I'm home. That's me. You're never rid of me. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> Thanks, pretty, guys. That's Thank awesome. you for having me. Be Thank good. You. We'll talk another time soon. Thank you very much. Right, take, take care. care. That's it. Take care. Have a good one.